Dan Franzak here, president and co-founder of Healthy Roster. At Healthy Roster, we build apps for athletic trainers. At Candid Athletic Training, Chad and Kevin eat apps while they're talking about athletic training. Seriously, they just shovel in wings and nachos while they're talking. It's a little disgusting, but they're still my guys. Bon appetit, fellas. Kevin. Yeah. If you had to guess what episode this is. <laughs> I'm going to guess <laughs> 1 million. I was just thinking this is the 193rd episode we've done this week. Yeah. It's a, we, have, we have been doing a lot of episodes, but that's okay. You know, we're getting them done. We're, people are listening. You may or may not have a kid right now. I don't know. The world is but a fetus. <laughs> oh, what a fetus. Man, that oh, poor kid. Poor, kid's poor gonna, kid. That poor kid. He's going to grow up talking about ice and STEM. <laughs> <laughs> what if his what if his first word is STEM? I'll slap the kid. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I want a band-aid. I, I very much appreciate that. Oh, we have a fun episode. As always. This is Candid. Athletic training. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. do you want to just start the show? Do we need? Do we? Need I don't to think say there's really else? much we can intro. I mean, we don't know where we're at. No, we don't. We really don't know what day this there's, is coming out. Um, you know, maybe if we're podcast winners of the world, we'll we'll redo a little intro and we'll we'll let you know on this show or maybe another show. I don't know. If there is, I don't know. We're gonna do a real impromptu celebration. Like we will. Mid, you're gonna get like a midnight. You're gonna get a bottle popping. Yeah, is what you're gonna get. You just do that, like a Instagram live or and something not, session. Not a baby bottle. Oh, maybe we'll do both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Where do you want to start? We're gonna start right here. This evidence based minute brought to you by Jet. Jet, we we stole this one right from the Journal of Athletic Training. Yeah, uh, why wouldn't we? And it's a actually it's this will be an interesting one. Okay, because we can go a lot of different ways with this. Okay, okay. Um, four week ankle rehabilitation programs mm-hmm. in adolescent athletes with chronic ankle instability. Okay, it sounds promising off the off the beginning. Absolutely, you're going to get three different types of rehab for your adolescent athlete. Uh huh, and you. I th- hopefully they're going to tell us what's the best one. Hopefully. Do you want to do you want to so, highlight anything in here? Well, we'll just say, you know, researchers have shown that real rehabilitation programs incorporating resistance band and balance board exercises are effective for improving clinical measures of function and patient reported outcomes in individuals with chronic chronic ankle instability. However, whether combining the two exercises increases improvement is unknown. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so the objective was to determine the effectiveness of three rehabilitation programs uh-huh, on the uh-huh, clinical uh-huh. measures of balance yeah. and self-reported function. 
Yeah. So in they, adolescence with chronic ankle instability. All right. So yada yada yada. So yeah, they were they, these protocols were completed three times per week for four weeks, which I don't think that's enough. Um, resistance band. So there's a resistance band group. Okay. And then you know, there they, was they did the typical. It looks like four way. Then there was biomechanical ankle platform system. So group. that's that's like the um, balance board. Ooh. So that's the circle board. Yeah, clockwise, counterclockwise, changing direction. So forth, so forth. And then, then there was a combined group. Okay, so we have okay. ankle. We so we have got a band group. We've got balance board. A balance board group, and then a both group. Mm-hmm. All right. Should we skip to the results and the conclusions? Yes. Um, using the time imbalance test, foot lift test, star excursion balance test, and figure eight hop test, we detected improvement for each rehabilitation group compared with the control group. However, no intervention group was superior. Okay, so basically, all three were the, all three were better than doing nothing, and you couldn't differentiate which if one was better than the other. Correct. So from that's a good that's and a more, good well, and it I mean the two wasn't better than one. That's that's good information. That's the kind of research I actually appreciate. Mm-hmm. Tell me what's better. And why? And so we just we found out doing something is better than doing nothing. Yep. But doing both is not necessarily better than doing just one. So if yeah. you're an athletic trainer with limited resources, just make sure you're doing something. Yes. I'm fine with that research. Um. Yeah. I, I, I'm fine with it. I'm completely fine with is it. Is there something more you wanted from it? Well, I. I mean, I just think it's. Uh, I don't think they're doing enough. I think it's common sense doing I mean, something's. I think, I think legitimately like four-way ankle exercises and balance board. I mean, come on, really? And then clinical, like clinical measures. Does clinical measure transfer to a basketball court? I don't know. That's the. I mean, and sure. so, but I do appreciate, and you can literally even show this to a young athlete and say, listen. Doing something is better than nothing. Correct. And that's what I need out of you is at least something. <laughs> Otherwise, show me the money. Show me the money. Um, yeah. No, I'll I'll take it. All right. I'll take it. That's a thumbs up. Thank you, Journal of Athletic Training. Appreciate it. Thank you to everybody who worked on that. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we will provide you a little insight in those last three minutes. Yeah, I hope so. And we move on. Man, we move on. <laughs> we can Where stop with the like research. Where would you like to go from here? <laughs> I don't care. Oh, you know what? Let's get into a deep topic, and then we'll lighten it up for probably uh, most of the rest. Deep tracks with so, Chad Henneberry. We really don't know what to call this segment. Social media, tweet of the week, yada, yada, yada. It's just something we saw on social media that made us go, hmm. <laughs> and so there was Make you go, a social hmm. media post, and then there was a rebuttal. And both, I thought, were very well thought out. And do you want me to bring them up? Or do you want me to just give you the gist? Um, I'm just going to give you the gist. I want you to give me the gist. And then I I would like some context of, like, what the arguments arguments were. So. Because I would would also like to say, I mean, if if somebody made a stupid argument, argument, I'd I'd like to point it out. So the, um, (laughs) the original post was talking about 
Ankle taping. Ankle taping. Okay. Um, the tried and true ankle taping. And it says, taping. if research shows that ankle taping loses its efficacy within 20 minutes, okay. which I think I've read that before. Yeah. I, I mean, and it's, I, I think it's like, hey, is... you know what? This, this only lasts. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, then why are we still doing it? That's basically... That's basically what the question was posed. Yeah. So if if we know that it's only good for about twenty minutes, is there something better we should be doing? Could be doing, um, or should we still be doing it? And why? Mm-hmm. And some people I think wanted to nitpick at the question, and some people really wanted to give a genuine answer. I think okay. the best answer I saw. Um. You know, okay, and so then it, it became a, a thing of, uh, are we always going to go evidence-based yep. and science, or is there some art to athletic training and something more than just going hard, concrete numbers? That's basically where the, the, the rest of the conversation went. And yeah. I think the best response I saw was somebody saying, you know what? Okay, not all schools can afford bracing for every single athlete, which may or may not be your situation true um but it goes further than that in that while i'm taping that athlete that two or three minutes i'm building a relationship with them 100 percent. i am getting to um know them they're getting to know me Mm -hmm. we're building trust uh is that worth is it worth that and that's that was that was interesting to me and i thought this was you know both sides of the argument bring some valid points and I just wanted to get your take on regardless of what these people were saying. What do you think about taping? We do it a lot. Are you for the taping? Are you for bracing? What? I don't think I've ever really actually had this conversation with you. So it's, I'm actually genuinely interested in what you're going to say about taping an ankle. Um, which is interesting because that's why we started this podcast. Cause you and I would sit around and have these exact conversations. True. And I don't know if we've ever uh, had this particular one. I mean, Band-Aid, right? Um, to me, it's it's a get-you-through idea. And I think the idea of taping every day, I, I think, is not something that um, I would be a proponent of. I mean, I've, I've done it for athletes that were very insistent, and these were older athletes, professional athletes that just, you know, let's be honest, they have a little more control on what's going on in their you treatment and you, so forth. You than can't tell the I multi-billionaire what to do. I, I can totally, totally <laughs> you can tell can. them where to go. Yeah, absolutely. I can. Um, but there's just, I mean, I honestly, as a very good friend and mentor of mine, Mr. Mr. Dan Wright has said, you know, sometimes you just got to pick your battles. Um, I agree with that wholeheartedly. So to me, taping, and bracing are not the end goal. I think somebody that is dealing with some instability, we need to wean them off of whether it's taping or a brace to get to the point where they don't need it. Um, Somebody that has created so much instability in their ankle, but they still are a collegiate basketball player, you know what? I am going to tape you. I am absolutely going to do everything I can, I can do to prevent, um, including 
the extra exercises and extra proprioceptive exercises and the extra hip stuff and the extra core stuff and the extra everything um, in order to protect those ankles. But do I think that, you know, taping is better than bracing? No. I also don't think bracing is better than taping. I don't, <laughs> I, like, I don't think... Would you rather? I mean, ser- like... Um, you just honestly like I like legitimately, you know the the studies that are out there of tape and how long it lasts and the ad like how long it's it actually is still can protect your athlete. I mean, my first argument is like, hey, they didn't use me as an ankle taper, so maybe my ankle tape job's better than yours, right? Which tape were you using? What were the situations? Were these, I mean, I don't, I mean, there's so many factors there that I don't think you can create a perfect study of how long tape can last on a human, right? This human sweats more than this one. This, this one, you know, they were taped with Johnson and Johnson. This one was with Mueller. This one was with Jaybird. And then this one had baby powder on it. This one had pre-wrap underneath it. This one, you know, this person didn't shave their leg and this person did. Like, there's too many variables to actually say that that is a valid study to show that there is no point after 20 minutes. Also, ankle braces. They also wear out. What if the Velcro, like, snaps halfway through the game? What if... It's an old brace. Like, once, what's the time that you have to change the brace? Like, just because something lasts for 20 minutes doesn't mean that people sprain their ankle in the fourth quarter. It also doesn't mean that they aren't going to sprain their ankle in the first quarter. It all like, it doesn't mean that they're going to sprain their ankle the 18th game of the year versus the second game of the year. Um, what was the shoe wear? Like, what was the court condition? I mean, did they step on somebody's foot? Like you would hope that even an hour into a game that tape is still doing something. Yeah. It's not as good as it was when you first put it on there, but it's still doing something. You can't tell me it's not. Um, if you're, if you ever had your ankle taped, you know, it's still doing something unless somebody that taped your ankle didn't know what they're doing, I guess. Um, but do I, I think it's, you got to float the line. You got to like, it has to be this ever changing like uh, plan of like where you're at with that athlete. Are we creating enough stability throughout their entire system so that they are safe to go play? If somebody has chronic instability in their ankles because they've sprained their ankles so many times, um, then yeah, I, I have no problem taping or bracing, I'd, I'd, from a comfort standpoint, I've been told numerous times that like taping is way better. I think a lot of athletes end up wearing their brace looser because it's more comfortable. I think they don't like the way the shoe fits then all of a sudden. And I mean, there's those play factors in, in things. I don't know. What's your thoughts? You're the one that's worked with actual people that sprain their ankles a lot. Um, yeah, it to me it comes down to uh, patient preference. They have to buy in. Um, you know, working in soccer for several years. Yeah. 
it's interesting because when I first started working soccer, all the athletes, they wanted neither. They wanted nothing on the, around their foot. They right. wanted nothing around their – to limit what their foot or ankle were doing because that's what you use to Correct. Kick, kick the ball. There's a reason then, you don't see soccer players wearing braces. Well, now, as as my career – tell me something different. Now, the, the soccer players, they like getting taped, and I, it blows my mind because okay. I would never do any of it to at the start. Um, so – uh, I'm fine. Whatever they're whatever they're going to buy into the most, whatever they feel most comfortable with, um, you you know it. You have to have patient buy-in, ultimately, mm-hmm. especially in a situation where both are going to be better than doing nothing. Kind of like we just talked about with our research article, doing right. something's better than doing nothing. But is it necessarily the best you can do? No. But if they're going to try and improve themselves and we're trying to minimize, we're basically trying to minimize the risk. You can never take it away. If both are going to minimize the risk at least a little bit, fine. And if they feel better while they're doing it, great. And if you're building a relationship while you're doing it, fine. I don't have a problem with with taping. No. Ultimately, we all know that doing rehabilitative exercises and strengthening everything is is the gold standard but whatever taping i don't i'm okay with it to me there is a if you're gonna bring up a question of like why do we even do this if it's only good for 20 minutes then why do we even let them play if there is any instability like i don't Bingo. Then, then i can ask you that question and I, that's what i don't like i mean you're you're looking for an a answer but it's a through L are the answers. Yeah. Um, I had, oh, and I mean, this kind of, it kind of brought up like a, you know, you like, especially in college, and you all the offensive linemen are wearing like knee braces. Yep. And like they've never even had a knee problem, but yet they're wearing a knee brace. I mean, it brings up that kind of issue too. Like, is that necessary? Is it, is it, necessary is it actually I preventing? I don't, I, I do it because I like it and it's sterile. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's fine. I knew. Uh, anyways, I got you. I mean, my drink's pretty much gone, so yeah. we better move on to the next topic. <laughs> Kevin's getting dry <laughs> over here. We're going to stay with the feet, though. Feet. We're going to stay with the foot and the ankle God, feet. for our would you rather of this week. Would you rather work with an athlete that is flat-footed or has a super high arch? Flat-footed or high arch? Yeah, Pez Planus, Pez, Pez Cavus, Pez Planus, whatever you want to call it. That's tough because I think either, like, either it's, uh, 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 God, this is interesting. You go first. Okay. <laughs> I, I think if I'm going <laughs> to lean one way, I'm going to lean towards the flat-footed athlete. Okay. Um... I think teaching short foot might be a little bit easier uh-huh. for me than maybe teaching some sort of big toe extension, like for I, the high arch person. I think it's tough. So my my first <sighs> keep going. I'm I'm I just gonna. Out. I think flat foot's gonna be a little bit easier. Oh. Uh, I think there you know there's an arch tape job. The inserts, insoles, you can start with, you know, flat feet. You can work your way up. 
Uh, I mean, this is tough, but I think it's just gonna be a little bit gonna, easier for me. I don't have I don't have anything scientific, or I don't have any grand. This is just a basic would you rather, and I'm guessing here. I think I'd rather work with a flat foot athlete because I think I can strengthen their mid. I think I can strengthen their midfoot easier than I can help somebody with a high arch try and find the ground. That's all. Oh, okay. That's that's where I'm going. That's a good. That's a good. That's actually fair. It gives you something to work on, a little yeah. easier than the big old Pez Cavus. So my to enter my brain, why are they Pez Planus or Cavus, right? And that's what that's my answer. Whatever's causing that, that's what I want to work with. And so it, you know, some people have a lower arch, but it's like it's genetic versus it's a dysfunction. If it's a dysfunction, I want to work with the Pescavis person versus the Pesplanus that they have zero stability going on into their hip and like through their chain. Um, but if I'm thinking along the lines of just, you know, somebody that just has a more planus foot versus a cavus foot, and it's not from a true dysfunction. You know, I think I would rather do the plane like having a flatter foot because I think I agree with you. I'd rather teach them foot stability. I'd rather teach them how to use their foot, create an arch, what it feels like to be actually stable with their foot versus this person, like with a pes cavus you know high arch you're gonna have to you're gonna have to mobilize them you're gonna teach them how to mobilize your foot and it's not always just as simple as like oh roll your foot out on a golf ball like that's not it's most of the time it's not what it is um a lot of times there needs to be some serious manual work with that kind of stuff too um oh dang yeah i think i think flat foot i think and pretty much for the same reason honestly I, I work with everybody I work with. I pretty much try to limit the dysfunction of their foot by teach, teaching them how to use their feet and how to use their toes and such. The only thing I would say is foot mobility. Um, I mean, yoga toes and spreading your toes and things like that. I mean, super valuable and can be somewhat passive at times as far as the actual mobility work. Um, but strength is something generally an e- a little easier to teach than mobility because mobility takes, honestly, mobility takes more work. A long time. And it takes a while. So your final answer is? Flat. Flat. All right. We agree. Yeah. We'll, um, we'll see what you say, the people. We will put that up. The people. Um, okay. Let's Hack do. Or success. What's that? Which one do you want to do? Hack or success. Let's do the hack. Okay. We'll finish we'll finish with a tribute on a success story. Sure. Perfect. Um my hack this week or my tip of the week, and it's as simple and basic as can be. And um I was working with some athletic training students and we were just going over some wound care. And it was mm-hmm. their first time doing some open open wound care. And this is simple. I just said the number one thing that I can teach you when doing wound care is 
um, give the athlete some gauze, rip open the gauze real quick, give it to the athlete, have them apply it to themselves while you are getting your universal precautions ready, while you're putting your gloves on and whatnot. That's going to save you. Maybe it's 30 seconds, maybe it's 45 seconds, depending on how nervous you are putting on your gloves and getting all your stuff out of your kit or out of your pocket or wherever you keep it. If you need to save one or two minutes, just the easiest thing to do is rip a gauze open, give it to the athlete, put it on there while I get ready. It's a good hack. So, simple. It takes you a while to figure that out, too. That's a good hack. Um, My hack is not as simple. My hack's for the... um, the athlete that you or patient that you've been working with and you're doing everything right and you just feel like no matter what I do, they're just they still come in, they're still I mean, they still have swelling at that joint or they just still have pain, they still just always return and they like they never gain any range of motion, so forth, so forth, so forth. We blame a lot of things on inflammation, right? But we very often only think about inflammation as this process of the body trying to heal itself, right? Yep. And it's this, um, we'll, we'll go very simple in that there is something, some sort of damage at tissue that the body is trying to heal, right? Yeah. But we don't always, as athletic trainers, think about the process that inflammation can be caused by other things right Mm -hmm. so and it can also be caused by so i was on a call with my coworkers um last night and we got in the discussion of is the inflammatory process due to an excess of something or is it due to a deficiency of something so the excess being like say too much damage to the tissue or too much mileage in your running, whatever, whatever it is. And then there's also the deficiency side of like, maybe you're not getting enough sleep. Maybe you're not applying enough range of motion exercises. Maybe you're not eating enough turmeric. Well, so like, but then we went like into that, right? Like everybody's like, oh, you should eat turmeric and then you should like do all these anti-inflammatory foods. What if... It's the opposite. Yeah. What if there's actually, you're eating inflammatory foods for you? And so my hack is don't forget when you have the patient that is, or um, athlete that there's not, there's just not this clear cut answer. You know what? Hey, your hamstring's tight, stretch your hamstring. And they constantly are having whatever back pain. They're constantly having knee pain, constantly having ankle pain, whatever it is. Sometimes inf- the inflammatory process is due to something systemic, right? And so there's always another thing to look for. So, you know, talk about diet, talk about sleeping patterns, talk about drinking habits, and maybe there's something that people eat that are it's just consistently causing them inflammation. Right? Yeah. So what I'm hearing is sometimes think locally, sometimes think globally. Yeah, totally. Love it. Totally. Now, don't don't forget to think globally. That's probably the real hack, huh? I mean, it's it's great because we do, especially for new, younger students and young professionals coming out of school. And I'm not trying to bag on anyone. 
but you get so caught up into the specific little totally. injuries and going through these, like learning all your special tests and you're so focused on the yeah. joint in question, yeah. you forget, treat the whole person. Yeah. And so sometimes... So that's wise advice, Kevin. It's I mean, not it's, bad advice at all. No, I think it's great advice. <laughs> I just, it's like, I just went for the inflammation. Um, you know, somebody has an ankle sprain that just won't, the inflammation just, or the swelling won't go away. You know, it can sometimes not be anything to do with the compression and the activity and the, the modalities or whatever you're doing. Sometimes it's literally just, they're not sleeping. They're staying up playing video games. They're staying up drinking. They're staying up like whatever it is. Maybe they're stressed to completely to their gills because they're an athlete and they're also trying to become a nurse or a lawyer or I don't know, whatever, yeah. right? It's the athlete that wants to do as much as they can in that two or three hour window when they're practicing and strength conditioning and all that. Mm -hmm. And then they screw it up with the other 21 hours of the day. Totally true. So globally. Yep. All right. Success story. All right. Our success story this week comes from our mentor, Mr. Mr. John Oxenwald, Mr. Ox, um, who was the director of sports medicine and head athletic trainer where we went to school and Correct. he gave me my first job. Yeah, he did. And my only job. Your only job. <laughs> so thank you, John. In, athlete, in athletic training. So yeah. we posted, you know, we want to know what your biggest athletic training success is. And he said, he replied on our Facebook page, which is candid underscore ATC, said, leaving both the athletic training services and the athletic training education program at UW-Milwaukee better than I, well, there's a typo, sorry. But leaving it better than when he started. Yeah. Is what he was trying to say. Damn straight he did. And he did, and he was there for 30-plus years. 30? So. Oh, John, you look so young. And I think. Kudos to you. I think it's just. You know, um, running. Maybe it's good to sometimes step back and think about where you started and where you came from and who helped you get you there. That's very true. I think that's it's the hardest thing to do when you're a young athletic trainer is to realize that there's a it's a long road. And I think I was very, very guilty of it. I mean, I can't tell you how many, you know, young, inexperienced, um, slash naive conversations I probably had with my, you know, superiors slash like coworkers when I was in pro ball as this young dude thinking that, no, like this is what we should do. And this is what I want to do. And this is what I want to do. And, you know, sometimes I just had to be told like, Kevin, uh, in in due time, in yeah. due time, it, it will happen. Um, and I think that's great. I just, mean, that's awesome. Just think about how much you can build over 30 years. <laughs> and that and that goes back to some conversations we've had in previous podcasts sure. about people who get out of the profession so quickly. Yeah. Like you can build yeah. something over time. Yeah, yeah and I think. Um, Oftentimes it takes time to build. Very much so. So. Very much so. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, kudos to John. You know, John and Becky starting that program and mm -hmm. making it what it what it was and what it is. And um, I think going through the accreditation process, you know, you know, finding instructors, you know, and not only not only finding instructors from other places, but being such great 
instructors themselves and mentors that they created great instructors and mentors like year after year after year. That's a I good mean, point. I don't, I mean, I, I don't, well, especially for how long you've been there, but, and Kelly, but, you know, you can just keep going back in time with that program and it was just run by UWM alumni. And I think that's pretty, pretty amazing because it's, it was just generation after generation of passing on this like torch of, all right, now it's your turn to like run this athletic training room and teach. And I think that's what a lot of people look forward to most about the NATA convention is their alumni get togethers. Oh, for sure. The gathering, the community, the sense of, Hey, we all went through this together. That's really special. Oh, I had a, and I had a great time last year. Yes. Not that obviously not 2020, but 2019. Yeah. I mean, it was so. cool. It was the first time I got to do it. Hang out with some UWM folks again. Yeah. Other than you. Sorry. Podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, well, well thanks, John. Yeah, Appreciate thank it. you, John, and congratulations. I hope you are yeah. enjoying your well-deserved retirement. And Absolutely. We, and we miss you. Yeah, we do. And, Kevin, we're going to wrap that one up there. Okay, let's end it. So thank you, everyone. We will get back to you when, who knows? Yeah. The next episode, I yeah, guess. The next episode. All right. All right, guys. Take care. Bye. <laughs>